Mike One, Mike One, isn't this a lot of fun? This is the almost New Year Did You America podcast episode number. What even our numbers, man? <laughs> He's Jeremy. I'm Canfield. Hope you had um, a good uh, festive period. The first big news of uh, this episode to bring you is Jeremy is officially a cartoon. I made it. You really did. We have to thank um, our animator, Jose, who, as I've mentioned on the Did You America before, is a man who really should have a full-on career in animation because he's excellent at it, but he actually just does it as a pastime because, you know, we're a podcast broadcasting from my uh, kitchen table. We can't afford to pay staff. So actually, I take back everything I said. I'm glad that he doesn't have a full-time job working <laughs> right. in animation because otherwise we wouldn't have the uh, the animations that he sends us. But um, if you follow me on social media, uh, Ian Camfield on Twitter or Camfield Off The Radio on uh, Instagram, you can see the, uh, the latest animation, uh, which for the first time, I, I got to say this, not only does he have jeremy down perfectly because he's never seen an actual picture of you i just said fat walter becker from the <laughs> 1970s yeah. that's what you should go for he's kind of got you down and also without ever having been in my apartment he's managed to depict my kitchen pretty well i think is pretty spot on and like he you know obviously he has your little uh knickknacks and tidbits that you mentioned every once in a while but i mean like how did he know how we sit at the table and everything about your kitchen? Where is his camera in it here? It really does seem like he's got a camera in here. Is if, Every time I watch the animation, and it's only about 30 seconds, I find new things in it. Like if you look in the corner, uh, there's some Golden Girls merchandise next to my bath and body <laughs> right. work scented candles. Yeah. I mean, that's that corner over there, right? It literally is. Uh, where I, I did see one that I never, I wasn't sure if maybe you had mentioned this previously and just hadn't told me there was like a bottle of hot sauce up there. That looked specific to something. Oh, the Golden Girls hot sauce. Was it Golden Girls hot yeah, sauce? Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I only get that out for my special friends. You I was going to say you're, you're, you never you're, mentioned the hot nah, sauce. You're not in the, we're not dining together, and you're not having my. <laughs> you have to. You have to know me for a lot longer before we start dining with my Golden Girls hot sauce. You've got to. You've got to work up to that. I like spicy food, though. Then <laughs> <laughs> he really nailed the look of Fat Walter Becker. You know, like that he. He hit that look perfectly. I, I, your mum must be so proud. Yeah, she, her and Walter Becker, RIP. <laughs> <laughs> also, it took me a couple of views of the um, the animation till I saw this. But not only is his attention to detail amazing, um, he also picks up on little things that we mentioned on the podcast. So, for example, if you look at the animation, you'll notice that the microphone cables on the kitchen table are unplugged. I'd <laughs> yeah. say little little throwback reference to the fact that Jeremy and I were doing this podcast for what? At least two months? I think so, yeah. Before realizing that the microphones we thought we were using to record weren't actually plugged in. I like keep looking at my computer today to make sure that it's plugged in because like we haven't done this in a week now. So I'm like, wait, no, is it? It is? Okay, no, no, it's in, it's in. If only you'd have seen how much effort we spent trying to uh, get the acoustics a little better, move the microphones around, 
contort ourselves into various positions. I mean, if you'd have told me that if I did a, a handstand against the wall while effectively standing almost on my head to do the entire podcast, it would have made it sound better. I probably would have given that a go. And in all the time we were trying to do all these different things, neither of us realized that it didn't sound quite as good because the microphones we had weren't plugged in and we were actually just using the microphone on one of the laptops that happened to be picking <laughs> us up. Right, like, you know when you go sing karaoke and, like, the version of the song that they have isn't quite the real version of the song? That was essentially the version of this podcast you were hearing for the first two months of the podcast. <laughs> This might explain why I've not got a job in radio anymore. Now. I did a podcast for two months without realizing the microphones weren't plugged in. <laughs> anyway, Jose, uh, we love the animation. And as I said, if you want to check it out, you can now see what Jeremy looks like because people were requesting you in the uh, in the cartoons. Ian it's, Ca it's at least what I dream I look like, so I'll take that. Ian Camfield on Twitter, Camfield off the radio on uh, Instagram. Another thing to update you with uh, since we were last hanging out, my relationship with Craig Ferguson's gay robot has skyrocketed. <laughs> now, I, we mentioned in whatever number the previous episode was uh, that I had been on the, on the anniversary of the final Craig Ferguson Late Late Show. I had re-watched the show which was commitment to my love of that show and just further reinforces my sadness that for some reason still, unbeknownst to me, Craig Ferguson had blocked me on Twitter. So I went public with this on the socials. And um, if you remember the gay robot sidekick from The Late Late Show, uh, first of all, I everyone mean, remembers the gay robot sidekick from the late, late show. Well, maybe this is why Craig Ferguson blocked me. He thinks that I'm more infatuated with the gay robot than him. Do you think it's jealousy? <laughs> no, I told you last week. I think he's just a technological homophobe. But <laughs> well, I, um, you know, it started off with the, the gay robot was liking my uh, posts on social media. And then the gay robot slipped into my DMs. Oh, no. Oh, yeah. We started following one you another. You got a whole bunch of ones and zeros, didn't you? We were, uh, I mean, by, by this point, we were kind of having a Zoom date, I think, <laughs> the, gay, the gay robot on I. I think by 2020 standards, if a gay robot uh, starts following you and you follow back, so you have the ability to DM, that's like a Zoom date, right? You know what's sad is I think if you actually married a gay robot, it wouldn't even be the strangest story we've ever done on this podcast. The gay robot's American. It could keep me in the country. Robots have citizenship? Well, he's you know, American. He was made in America. I got yeah. you. I got you. Okay. I mean... You can probably marry robots now. Biden's in. It's all fair game. <laughs> Little joke for you Republicans out there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if, look, there's people who who marry buildings and, you know, structures. You can marry a gay robot. We need to Google this in time for the next episode. Can I become an American citizen if I marry a gay robot? Because I tell you this, <laughs> our relationship is moving along at a very fast rate. And... Um, so we were having a back and forth. I mean, I said to the gay robot, I don't want to introduce a third person to this relationship immediately. But Craig Ferguson's <laughs> blocked me on Twitter. I don't <laughs> anyway, um, one of them, I, I mean, I won't obviously read all of the text messages that the gay robot and I have exchanged because some of them are far too racy for this uh, podcast. But um, <laughs> I was going to say, how can you read a robot dick pic? Now, now. <laughs> Um, 
should see how big the robot. No. Uh, I mean, if you're a robot, you can choose the size by design, right? right? I mean, it's, you know, it's, you know, you're not just blessed with what the good Lord gave you. You can have it built to spec. Different equipment for the day, you know? Um, so the gay robot regarding my issue with Craig Ferguson said, don't worry, you're not alone. Many have been blocked. I prefer muting myself. It's less conspicuous. Craig is rather fond of his robot pal. I'll try and put in a good word for you. So my future's so bright for 2021. I'm, I'm going to marry a gay robot so I can stay in the country and uh, get, get my uh, American uh, green card by, by that route and um, also potentially rebuild my relationship with Craig Ferguson. Um, like, like there was a relationship to start with. See, that's the thing. I don't know why I did to upset him because we never even knew one another. He just blocked me. That's going to be your wedding gift when you marry the gay robot. Will be oh, Craig I, Ferguson will just unblock you. I, He's not showing up to the wedding. No, no, Craig Ferguson should be doing the wedding. He should be officiating the wedding. I mean, he's not busy, is he? How the hell am I going to do? Oh, you want to do the wedding? Oh, well, I need some role. I feel like I'm just as much a part of this endeavor as you are at this point. It might upset Craig Ferguson if I say I was going to get you to officiate the wedding, but I think my co-host Jeremy is now more famous than you. You've been off of TV for right. a while. So I am we'll- a cartoon now. <laughs> well, <laughs> having read Craig Ferguson's autobiography, I know that he used to be a drummer, so we'll really like <laughs> we'll book him to be the wedding band. <laughs> I'll just say like Ring Girl or something. <laughs> Craig Ferguson can play drums at the wedding. <laughs> you can officiate the wedding. I marry a gay robot so I can stay in the country. And my relationship with Craig Ferguson, which didn't exist to start with, uh, but is kind of restored because I'm unblocked on Twitter. It's the I mean, they, they, these are my these are my wishes for 2021. Now, another strange thing with um, Craig Ferguson is that I, I'm saying that he hasn't been on TV. I did notice because I saw a promo that he's about to return to TV and talk about weird forces working again. Gangsters. He's got some game show that starts in about a week on ABC, which is the one network that my cable channel has had a falling out with, which is something else I'd like to bring up on this podcast. What the fuck, AT&T? You charge God knows how much for cable and internet, and you've just had a falling out with ABC, so I no longer get that channel? That's crazy. I mean, like, usually these cable companies, like, when they get at war with the network, it's never like, you know, it's like the sci-fi channel or, like, USA Network. It's never one of the main four channels. I mean, like, I, ABC is, how do you get local news? Well, I mean, if you're paying for cable, and I feel like I'm in the minority with this now because so many people have cut the cord. They're just using apps and everything. No, I've stayed old school. I want, my, you know, never mind my, uh, no, I want my MTV I want my NBC ABC Fox and whatever the other main one is I mean I was so you know I tried to shots fired CBS and CBS <laughs> and it's 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 it's, it's like this bit I mean, that is I think and I don't even pay like I don't pay for any sort of premium subscriptions um beyond I get HBO and Showtime right? right but I don't have any of the sports or the, the uh, movies you have even. like the basic movie package the ba- whatever that is yeah but that with K- with internet is about $240 a month and for that they can't even give me ABC oh it's ridiculous because you know it's it shows for people like us who have stuck with basic cable or whatever it is like we're now being punished because of so many other people cord cutting and going to streaming because you know you'd always see you know 
always on cable companies. There'd be the occasional commercial like, oh, you may lose this channel soon. Like we're in a, in a contract dispute with this network or whatever. But inevitably, it would never actually go through. Like, right. You would still have network. And now they're actually starting to cancel these channels. And they're channels that everyone needs. Like I'm a big sports fan. And right now in DFW, a number of these networks have not been able to fo- get a deal with Fox Sports Southwest, mm. which is where the Mavs, the Rangers, and the Stars are all shown on television. And if, so, you're, if you're in DFW, the Mavs are the only team that's doing well at the moment, right? The, I mean, the Cowboys are still in it. The Cowboys right, are the, still the, the, a chance. The, the Cowboys have, have found a path to victory, but possibly in the same way that Donald Trump was finding a path to victory in that it's going on for longer than people right. thought, but it's probably not going to end in actual victory. Yes. I mean, I don't want to be down on DFW because you know me, I'm a Texan at heart, but that's a, that's a relatively good take on that situation, right? You just define the majority of Cowboy seasons. Right, okay. <laughs> but the Mavs have got that guy, Luca, yes. right? So they're doing good, and you can't get that because you... What channel is it? It's Fox Sports Southwest. I want my Fox Sports <laughs> Southwest! It's ridiculous. Right? Yeah, I mean... It's a Dire Straits reference for those people who didn't get beautiful. that, right? Yeah. I, I'm tearing up and at also, the sound. And also, I'll say this again, at and I want my ABC! Because well, I'm trying to get back with Craig Ferguson via a gay robot and the fact that he's not going to be happy that I can't see his game show, is he? Yeah, that's not going to help your case. No, no. You just got double blocked. Yes! (laughs) What about if it's just my TV? What about if this is Craig Ferguson? I mean, it sounds absurd that someone like AT&T would have fallen out with ABC to the extent they can't show ABC. What about if if Craig Ferguson just picks the phone and went like, by the way, I'll cut the deal for the, uh, for the, the game show, but there's this Brit in Texas. He must stop receiving ABC. Like, he's a crazy stalker. He thinks he's marrying my gay robot to stay in the country and that we're going to be best friends. He's going to book me for the drummer of the of the wet. Like, it's crazy. Just stop. How, he, he can't get ABC on his cable anymore. You might have just uncovered this issue. I don't think that you're... The AT&T is having any contract dispute with ABC. I think Craig Ferguson just put the kibosh on you being able to watch his show. Maybe. That's clearly what's going on that, here that. because, I mean, it'd be absurd to say you don't get to watch ABC anymore. You know, I mean, that's uh, there's so many other networks they could cancel that no one cares about, like E. Let's right. get rid of E. If anyone else is listening to this podcast in uh, the Dallas-Fort Worth area, could you please contact us via the website digiamerica.com? Do you get ABC on AT&T cable? Because <laughs> if everyone else does get it, then yeah, the Craig Ferguson uh, conspiracy then uh, runs even deeper. By the way, if by some chance AT&T want to sponsor this podcast, I retract everything I've just said for the previous <laughs> 10 minutes. Uh, they are a great cable network for both TV and internet. And everyone listening right now should go out and get AT&T immediately, if not sooner. Well, everyone's going to be forced to get AT&T and DFW because they're the only ones currently showing the Mavs games. Oh, so they've got the Mavs. They're the only ones who have the rights to Fox Sports anymore. Oh, so they get Fox Sports, but they don't get ABC. I guess not. I have liberal media. That's what's going on here. What? Uh, they just, they're trying to get rid of Fox. Oh. And AT&T is the only one holding it down it, for DFW. If my, if my uh, Craig Ferguson uh, theory is correct, then probably, because we're sitting in the kitchen, like uh, the TV's on the other side of the room, the, my TV's probably just going to explode at some minute. Like, so <laughs> it's listening on it to us. Yeah, it's like that uh, that episode in Monty Python where they've got a parrot on the TV. Not the dead parrot sketch, the second <laughs> most uh, funny parrot sketch where the two old ladies go, 
you see that parrot on the top of the TV? That's going to explode in a minute. <laughs> How bizarre would it be if I said, you see that TV? That's uh, going to kind of worry. That's, that's going to explode before the end of this podcast. <laughs> Um, I got to say um, thanks to uh, my friends um, Sharon, who I went and did um, Christmas Day dinner with. Um, Sharon is a vegan who undertook the um, huge task of preparing beef Wellington for uh, her husband and myself because we were the meat eaters. Um, now I know that I like to eat meat. I don't know anything about preparing it. I mean, if I get steak. I put it in the oven for about 25 minutes and I put salt and pepper on the top of it. I might turn it once. That's about as, as far as the preparation goes for me. But um, she said, oh, have a look at this Gordon Ramsay recipe. And there's a video online where Gordon Ramsay goes into great detail about how to prepare a Christmas beef wellington. And I don't know if this is the ultimate commitment to preparing festive food because it's so involved. You have to start it the day before because you have to do something to the meat and then you have to build these layers around it and then you have to cook it a bit and then you have to... I mean, any food that I do is generally meat and veg. You put it in the oven, it comes out between 30 and 45 minutes later. I can't comprehend a, a system where you have to put it in the oven for a bit one day and then go back to it the next day and then continue it. And the fact that someone who is vegan and not even going to be able to eat any of this did this sort of two-day process for our Christmas dinner. I think Sharon deserves special thanks. Well, first of all, I always, I didn't even realize Beef Wellington was that involved in the first place. I thought it was just kind of like a cut of meat that they wrapped in like a pie crust, essentially. No, because that would be a pie. Yeah, but you know, like it's uh, it's basically just meat with pie crust no, on the outside. No, because there's different there's different layers, and you need this special cling film. And I you've don't got to, know. And, and it's so. And I'm telling you, it's like it's it's like it's its own um, special spin-off of MasterChef. Because when you select the Gordon Ramsay uh, festive uh, beef Wellington on YouTube. Then suddenly YouTube starts throwing up about another hundred extra videos of people who go, my beef Wellington is better than Gordon Ramsay's. Like, it's a whole thing. (laughs) See, I just, why would you trust that your friend who's a vegan is going to be providing the top quality beef Wellington? She can't even sample her own food. I mean, you very well, you might have had beef Wellington. You also might have had dog food. You don't know. <laughs> no. You, you said yourself, you don't know anything about cooking. You just eat. Well, you that, don't know what she fed you. No, well, if it was dog food, it tasted pretty good. You There's think- some good dog food out there. <laughs> I know from experience. Craig Ferguson called her up and said, feed him dog food. He won't know the difference. He he thinks AT&T have fallen out with ABC and no one in Texas can get that entire network. He's so fucking stupid. Yeah, I just think uh, that's another annoying thing, though, is, you know, whenever you try to find a recipe online, there's essentially going to be 20 other versions of the same exact recipe. And now you have to decide which one you're going to chew based on like how much nutmeg goes into that recipe. Right, 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 right. Well, I was just very impressed that the, uh, you know, her effort, let's assume that it wasn't dog food and she did get, because the other thing with beef Wellington is if you do it right, which by the taste of it, she did, you have to have get a very, very expensive cut of, 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 of beef. For right. That. So it's, it's a great expense. And preparing it over 48 hours, putting all that time and effort in for something she couldn't eat. Whereas my contribution to her Christmas was I went five minutes up the road on foot to the vegan shop the day before, walked in and just said to the bloke, what have you got? 
And he said, I, what, what do you mean? I said, oh, I've got to go do Christmas with a vegan. I like, give me like, <laughs> give what? me anything. Yeah, yeah, literally. And he said, well, what? I said, she's, co-. he said, oh, that's good. I said, don't get too excited. She's doing beef Wellington for me. That's why I'm in it. And he's like, oh, I was like, yeah, don't judge me. Just give me whatever you've got. And <laughs> so I don't know. Do you have like an old shoe or something? Well, 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 pretty much. I mean, it probably tasted like an old shoe. I mean, to be fair, they had these great uh, cookies and uh, peanut butter uh, sort of cookie sandwich type things out. And I said, um, just give me um, give me a bunch of those and put them in uh, boxes. And then I took them around to Sharon's house and uh, I said, look, I went to the vegan store for you. So she takes a look and she's like, oh my God, they look great. And I went, yeah, they probably got no taste. <laughs> anyway, where's the beef wellington? <laughs> right. Now, where's my food? Here's your garbage. <laughs> Threw it on the floor. She's so, picking it apart with the dog. So I do the beef wellington and uh, that's great. Uh, I will say we also did, because uh, she found a, a vegan, uh, by mistake, Christmas pudding. You know, we discussed Christmas pudding on the podcast oh, before. Yeah. It's the, the, you know, a big uh, British dessert at Christmas. And um, this was your friend who's also British? She's British. Right, yeah, the okay. husband isn't. Right, right. Um so she heated up this Christmas pudding because you're supposed to have it with, uh, with custard. And then her husband, who's lived in Texas for 30 years, took one look at the Christmas pudding and went, oh, my God, what on earth is that? It looks like dog shit. <laughs> so I think, actually, that if anything was more like dog shit, it was probably the Christmas pudding. It was the British. Uh, I don't know. Clearly, she set the precedent that dog shit will be served at this, at this Christmas dinner. <laughs> No, the beef Wellington was very, very good. I almost said at this gay robot wedding. <laughs> <laughs> Officiated by Jeremy Hoffman. <laughs> Band led by Craig Ferguson. <laughs> catering dog shit. <laughs> This is going to be a beautiful day, you know? (laughs) Your dad's just going to be in the car. Never mind. Your dad's not showing up to this. (laughs) He's going to be in England, maybe. He's not even logging into the Zoom to watch. He's like, I get the gist. He's married to a gay robot now. Just don't come for Christmas. <laughs> well, that's a good link to something else that I wanted to discuss on the subject of uh, of Christmas food. So in England, you've got Christmas Day on December 25th, and uh, December 26th is a holiday in England because it's, it's called Boxing Day, right? Um, which I think is because back in the day, it used to... So rich people who had um, staff would make their staff work for them on Christmas Day, but then they'd give them the next day off. And so they'd give them, like, probably they'd re-gift. So the rich people that got their Christmas gifts that they didn't like, they'd give them to their servants, basically, the next day. (laughs) And so Boxing Day is called Boxing Day because it's the day that historically the staff of rich people would unbox the gifts that they were given by the rich people, but they couldn't have them on Christmas Day because they were made to work. They got them the next day, right? Wow, that's uh, that's a rich history I was not aware of. Well, you see, this shows like an education, ain't yeah. it? Yeah. Um, so on Boxing Day, because it's a holiday um, in the UK, that's generally the day that people have their leftover turkey and, and stuff like that. 
And it's I, always the day after Christmas. Boxing Day is always yeah, the day yeah, after Christmas. Okay. Yeah. So you sort of like, you know, it's like what Americans would do on Black Friday with their leftovers from from, from Thanksgiving. Yeah. And I didn't realize, still now, as a 42-year-old man, I'm learning things that to me seemed absolutely the norm because it was how I was raised as a kid. And then even well into adult life, people are bringing up issues and, and they make me go, oh, that's not the done thing. So I mentioned to one of my friends that I was going to have some uh, turkey on uh, December 26th because it's customary, and I was going to get some fish sticks to go with it. Whoa, 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 like, like frozen fish sticks? Yeah. Well, cook. I was going to cook them. No, I'm aware, but like to go with your turkey, turkey from your nice Thanksgiving meal, you... Like that's the side item is fish sticks. Well, this is well. I just thought that was like the the regular thing. So I, one of my friends was so she said, "You're going to do what?" I said, oh, "You should wait till you hear about my plans for my wedding." <laughs> um, and um, she, I, she said, you, "Fish doesn't go with turkey." No. And I said, "No, no, 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 no. It's what it was." She said. This is because your dad only ate about four different things, and so you were very limited for what. And so, so again, it's taken me from a child to the age of forty-two to learn that apparently, to everyone else in the world outside of my family, the idea of combining fish with turkey is absolutely abhorrent. Yeah, I mean, like most people, what they do with their leftovers is like you know, they might put it in between like two slices of bread and make a sandwich oh, no, out no, of yeah, it. Yeah, no. No, that's what we you know we, that would be that would be like later on in the day on the 26th so so uh, about seven seven eight o'clock at night we put some turkey with bread but for actually like lunch around like one o'clock of the in the afternoon right turkey with fish sticks which by the way this will make it sound this, 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 this will make it sound even more disgusting in england fish sticks are called fish fingers oh, oh. <laughs> that, that, first of all i mean the best part about fish sticks is the fact that it sounds way too much like you're saying you want to eat fish dick that's <laughs> that's the best part about eating fish sticks so if you're gonna call it fish fingers i mean brussels sprouted we made it better um, yeah okay yes yeah, true but most people like fish sticks isn't a side dish that you would eat with turkey, like mashed potatoes or a vegetable. Fish sticks is like what you feed a child that's complaining about not liking their dinner. Fish sticks aren't something that like people like make with a nice fancy meal that you would celebrate a holiday with. Fish sticks is something you like throw in the toaster oven when you're high. Well, see, I think we were getting it as a treat because so I'm going back and forth with one of my friends. Is She's that in a England. Pothead? No, <laughs> my dad doesn't do anything near as exciting as being a pothead. He, he, he ate about four things, which is why our our diets were so restricted as kids, like my sister and I. Right. So I'm messaging with one of my friends who's absolutely appalled. At, I, at this point, I thought it was just her that was freaking out about it. So I started giving her a running commentary. I'd say, I'd say, I'm about to go to the store and I'm going to buy some fish sticks. I'm going to make the dinner. And she sent back a reply going, I'm calling 911 to stop yeah. you. And I go, you can't stop me. And I'm going to send a picture once it's cooked. I'm not going to look. It's, it's abhorrent. She's like, this is going to be like driving past a horrible car crash that you just don't want to look at. So... 
And she, so, 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 such so, an she, accurate description. She, she sort of, she, 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 she is a friend of mine from back in the UK. So she'd met my dad briefly on, on, on a couple of occasions. And she said, this is because your, your dad didn't eat anything. And I went, oh, no, no, no. Well, kind of. But my dad wouldn't ever eat fish. That's got way too much taste for him. And then, and she said, so where did it come from? I said, I think he thought that he was giving my sister and I a treat by putting the fish sticks with the sliced turkey. Oh my God. Because the other thing that I remember from our Christmas dinner is that he was a man who couldn't even have mashed potato. It had to be roasted potatoes. If it was mashed potato, <laughs> he couldn't go near it. Now that, that is Mashed potatoes are the best form of potato. He was fine with roast potato, but if you mashed it, wouldn't touch it. I mean, that is extreme food fear. You know, every once in a while in one of these episodes, you start going into a story of your childhood and you think you're telling some like fun loving tale of your past. And it, like, it's just an outright therapy session. What did he do to hurt you this bad? Who, who gives a child fish sticks as a treat? It gets better. So, Ice cream's a treat. So I, and only on December 26th, right? I don't remember having fish sticks the rest of the year. Were you just not, like, what, did he go out specifically or were they like hidden in a certain part of the freezer that like you could not get to? Like, I feel like you were probably eating fish sticks that were actually like seven years old in the freezer at that point. He's like, well, the fish sticks, he's all, we're only making four of them a year. Again, this could be another thing that I'm only discovering you know, in almost middle age. I used to think the worst thing that he did food and drink wise was that he'd add water to the bottle of Coke to top it up so it lasted longer. <laughs> and now, So he did what I would do to my parents' vodka bottles? <laughs> he did that like to children with soda? Yeah, so, so it would last longer. Put a little bit of water in the... In the oh no, I get it. I did the same trick, but I that's did That's because you were drinking illegally. Exactly. <laughs> he thought he was he being... He could just go buy more Coke. He said, we can't afford as much Coke as you're drinking if you want fish fish sticks with turkey for Christmas dinner. <laughs> Those fish sticks are expensive. So anyway, I, I um, screenshot my conversation with my friend who is absolutely appalled about the uh, fish sticks turkey combo. And then I send it to another couple of friends who all agree that this is an absolutely terrible thing. <laughs> then I run it past my sister. And my sister says, can you imagine what these people would think if they knew that I was raised on a diet of Heinz baked beans on toast and Twix? Oh, oh. Not together. Not oh, together. thank God. What a combo. They, they were basically her two food groups. Your sister's palate should be removed. <laughs> they were her two food groups. So oh. they were, you, she wasn't doing, you know, putting the baked beans on the Twix. Look, I'm a disgusting pig. I, I literally had a Twix this morning, but oh, that's disgusting. How did you? I, thank God you didn't go home for Christmas. You finally got a decent meal. What oh, are you complaining about? My dad wouldn't know what beef Wellington is. <laughs> He's like, you mean the beef that's hugged with the pie crust, right? <laughs> Uh, we got other stuff to get to. Uh, it's five years since Lemmy passed away today, so I want to do a little uh, tribute to him as he's one of my favorite people. Also, a uh, bit of uh, celebrity news coming up. Uh, Laurie Laughlin's out of jail, and someone has bought Michael Jackson's uh, Neverland Ranch. Plus, we need to set up new song of the week. Before we do that, uh, let's do a roundup of the, uh, the winners from the last seven days. Um, Jeremy, It's All Right by John Batiste. 1% of the vote. Oh. New York producer Sir Don and Gold by Maggie Rogers, 1% of the vote. Oh my God. My choice, Christmas Saves the Year by 21 Pilots, 98% of the vote. Because Ow. 
as we've discovered, if you put 21 Pilots in the mix for anything, you don't even need to have the two members of 21 Pilots actually guest on your podcast or show. It just stirs their fan base and they get super active and vote, vote, vote. I, we've never had as many votes on Song of the Week as we have for the 21 Pilots song, uh, Christmas Saves the Year. So well done, 21 Pilots fans. You were once again victorious for your favorite act. Imagine if you picked a 22 pilot song. Well, I have to say, as grateful as I was to get such a big response on the uh, song of the week this week, don't forget that we posted the podcast with the 21 pilots option on song of the week um, in the same episode that I first outlined my sense of longing for Craig Ferguson back into my life. So every time my phone went ding and it was another 21 Pilots fan who was voting, I was like, Craig Ferguson, oh, it's 21 Pilots. And it went on for about several hours of 21 Pilots fans again and again and again. But it was all right because in the midst of all this, the gay robot started DMing. <laughs> See, at this point, Craig Ferguson, you should be the only person he follows. You're the only fan actually wondering what he's up to. Uh, part two on the way next don't forget didyouamerica.com the place to go to for all stuff relating to this show and where you can buy t-shirts all right let's do part two of uh, did you america um new songs of the week for you to vote for it's always uh quiet this time of the year for new releases the week between uh Christmas and New Year, but we found some new stuff we would like you to vote for. Uh, there will be a poll on my Twitter. I'm at Ian Canfield on Twitter, or you can vote if you go to the website. Uh, didyouamerica.com slash song is the place to visit on our website. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, the new track by Crosses, which is a side project of uh, Chino from Deftones. They've done um, a cover of a song called The Beginning of the End, um, which was by a band called Cause and Effect. I don't remember the original version of this, but I tell you what I do know about uh, Chino from Deftones. Despite how Deftones sound most of the time, Chino's a big fan of um, a lot of 80s kind of poppy electronic music and sort of the, I guess what you'd call like the forerunners of goth. Like he loves Morrissey and he loves The Cure. That, so that, like Depeche Mode, stuff like that. I was just like about that. to say that. The, the Cure and the, the Smiths and Morrissey, I can kind of see how that plays a part in the, in the Deftone sound. The funky Depeche Mode, like the Depeche Mode before Dave Gaughan started doing heroin, right? <laughs> before, before Personal Jesus, yeah. when he was, uh, you know, making uh, early 80s pop songs. Chino Marino's uh, very into that kind of thing. Um, I mean, I, I wouldn't put it past him to play Erasure before he goes on stage and starts <laughs> singing, you know, Be Quiet and Drive Far Away right. by Deftones or whatever. And so he's kind of uh, 80s poppy electronic influences are, are showing through in this cover version that he's done with his new band called Crosses. And the song is The Beginning of the End. So that's my choice for Song of the Week this week. Chino Marino side project crosses the beginning of the end. Jeremy's choice is... I went with... Uh, it's my second Eddie Vedder choice of for Song of the Week, but this time he covered not only my favorite Bruce Springsteen song, but possibly one of my favorite songs of all time growing up. Uh, it's uh, He doesn't really change anything from the original version. I mean, Eddie Vedder is very similar in many ways sound to Bruce Springsteen. Mm -hmm. I guess you could say a different era version of that same gravelly yeah. voice. But just like Bruce does, great version of the song, emotional, nostalgic, listen. 
Uh, New York producer going for Haircut by Chaz Cardigan. So they're your choices. The Beginning of the End by Crosses is mine. Growing Up by Eddie Vedder, the choice of Jeremy. And New York producer Haircut by Chaz Cardigan. Uh, Song of the Week votes are welcome at uh, Ian Canfield on Twitter if you want to vote there or go to didyouamerica.com slash song. Didyouamerica.com, also the place to go to for all things relating to this podcast. You can check out the older episodes. You can also buy a T-shirt. Um, they're uh, emblazoned with the word America in uh, red, white, and blue. And um, they're just very American, I think you'll find. I have one sitting right here in my backpack. It looks beautiful. Mm-hmm. It looks beautiful in your backpack. It looked probably slightly less beautiful on you, but beautiful nonetheless. Yeah, I wasn't sure if it was going to fit me, but luckily we got that XL tag, so I think we'll be okay. Okay, yeah. So uh, if you see Fat Walter Becker walking around with a T-shirt that says America on the front, you go, hey, Jeremy, right. the guy from the podcast, right? <laughs> Um, a little bit of news today. It's a, obviously a slow news week because not a lot happens, uh, except that uh, Laurie Lachlan is uh, out of jail, right? That's something. Well, that is something. Um, she, I, I don't think she's made any kind of statement, but if she does, it should be, next time I'm just going to pay for a new gym. Because that's <laughs> right. <laughs> If you're, a, if you're a rich parent and you want to get your kid into a good school, that's what you do. I'm, I'm not condoning what she did, but really, she was just stupid the way she went about it because she paid to get all of that paperwork uh, made fraudulently, whereas if she'd have just paid for a gym or recording studio, everything would have been fine, wouldn't it? I think honestly, like now that it's all over, she just did all this for the street cred, right? <laughs> like she's gonna come out with a with a teardrop tattoo. She's like, this was all really for a role. Who's that? Uh, who's the chef that went to jail that's now got a show with Snoop Dogg? Oh, Martha Stewart. Right. Is, that, is, is, she, is, is Laurie Lachlan thinking that she can have a Snoop Dogg? Right. Spin-off? She's like, you know, I really need this home improvement money. <laughs> the other thing with Laurie Lachlan is. Whoever was her attorney, that person should never be working again. <laughs> I mean, celebrities kill people and don't go to jail. Right. She bunged some dodgy <laughs> bloke some money to write some dodgy forms and fabricate videos showing someone else's kid on the lacrosse team claiming it was hers or, or whatever they did. And she went to jail for that. Not only did her crappy attorney let her go to jail, she had to be in jail for Christmas. He couldn't. He or she couldn't <laughs> even get Laurie Lachlan out out of jail for the holidays that's terrible look oj's team can't save every celebrity okay (laughs) they got him they got michael jackson they did their job for their life i do think though if uh i don't know whether she'll struggle to get work uh from this point onwards but (laughs) she struggled before the jail to get well (laughs) if nothing else the fact that she was in jail over christmas does lend itself to a hallmark movie next year (laughs) laurie lachlan in jail for christmas wasn't wasn't she in a bunch of those because i know she she was Aunt Becky in, in not uh, Full House. Full House, right? And then what else had she done since then? Uh, probably, uh, well, I was she in um no, nothing. 
this is only going to help her career. People now remember who she. No one knew who she was before. You know what? They knew she was Aunt Becky. Right. Now they know she's Lori Laughlin. Lori Laughlin. That bitch you don't cross in jail. <laughs> Lori Laughlin. If you play your cards right, it might not be a Hallmark Christmas movie. It could be like the Netflix one for next year. She's right? gonna come out. She's gonna be rocking like an Oak Cliff beanie now. She's gonna have her like pimp swagger. Orange is the new Christmas. Exactly. On Netflix. <laughs> that's that's what she's gonna do now i mean first of all all she's gonna hear for the rest of her life is like oh did you drop the soap in there and stuff like that so she might as well lean into it and make this her career do like a scared straight special right right yeah 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 yeah, yeah. and maybe uh because he was so good at doing the role in uh the people versus oj simpson which again as we've said on this podcast many times i'm waiting for the second season um could we get John Travolta to play her crappy attorney? I think he, he's, just, he's the, the actual drama will be not the fact that she's getting sent to jail because no one really cares. It's really going to be about the fact that his career is over because you must be the worst attorney in the world ever to allow your celebrity client A, to go to jail for what she did and B, to not get out of jail before Christmas. So it's him overacting like he did in The People <laughs> versus O.J. Simpson going, oh my God, Aunt Becky's going to jail and they're not even going to give her compassionately for Christmas. I think she probably should have went with just the actual John Travolta as her lawyer. That probably would have worked out better. It would have been better. The judge at least would have been impressed. Be like, come on, man. Saturday Night Fever. Let's see some moves. (laughs) The other uh, story that uh, was doing the rounds today is that the, uh, I like the fact that they, they describe it as the property formerly known as Neverland Ranch, Michael Jackson's home, um, has now been uh, purchased by a guy who owns the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, Now, I I was always used to seeing it billed as Neverland Ranch. I guess the formerly known as Neverland Ranch is a nicer way of saying, no more kiddie fiddling goes on in this house. It's just a big house now. No longer a kiddie fiddling palace. Right, from now on, it'll just be known as Rape Manor. (laughs) Right, but it's funny when you look at the... um, they had trouble selling it, right? So, oh, really? Well, <laughs> you don't think that that's, that house is haunted by the most petrifying ghost of all time? <laughs> that's like Casper, the friendly ghost, turned into an adult and is rapey as hell now. <laughs> no one wants to be stuck there. Um, so, um, it was, uh, he bought it for 19.5 million, Michael Jackson, back in 1987, right? And, um, you know, they said that at one time it had an amusement house and a zoo and it housed elephants and a giraffe and orangutans and, you know, that uh, the poor bubbles that Michael Jackson had um, around for a while. Um, so th- so he bought it for uh, $19.5 million in 1987. And then when he died, uh, a few years after he died, they tried to uh, sell it for $100 million. And everyone went, are you out of your mind? No one wants to buy that. Think about all of the terrible stuff that happened there. Um, so then they put it down to 67 million. And then apparently it was most recently on the market for, in uh, 2019 for, uh, for 31 million. It's an interesting study as to how the price, the asking price for the ranch formerly known as Neverland was dropping around the same time as Michael Jackson's sort of... Um, Fame went from king of pop to king of pedophile kind of thing, right? Still king. 
<laughs> right, one, one king, king one way or another, right? <laughs> you can't say he's not the best at it. <laughs> he's like, Jerry Sandusky who? <laughs> but I'm wondering, like, the... Uh, the guy who was the uh, part owner of the Pittsburgh uh, Penguins, who's now bought it, was probably uh, looking at it and going, 100 million? Do you know how much money I've got to put into that to decreep the whole place? <laughs> like, I don't... Because there were... For all of the exposés that they've done on Michael Jackson, have you ever noticed that there was only ever tales of what the bedrooms and those kind right. of places looked like? You never actually saw the terrible, like, paedophile paradise kiddies playground that, it, that people would say that he, that, that, that he had built there, right? Yeah. So if you were going to buy it, I guess, you know, you've now, the guy who owns the penguins has now just decreeped it <laughs> and, um, and, and has now just turned it into probably like a nice big house. But he's, the amount of renovations that went would have gone on. Do you have to, like, call in, like, a fumigator for that? Probably. Like, what do you, what do you spray to take all the rape out of the walls? <laughs> And the um, and get one of those exorcist people in to, yeah. get, rid of the, to get rid of the spirit. That's the only way to they'll ever clear that house. Well, those those ghost that one of those ghost hunter shows are on, and they're walking around or filming it in black and white with one of those headsets on, right? And they're hearing oh bubbles, <laughs> bubbles. Oh, I love it when you touch me there, bubbles, bubbles. Macaulay, 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 we're home alone. <laughs> and oddly, like, Dirty Diana's playing in the background. <laughs> Is this our million-dollar idea for today's episode, <laughs> The Ghost Hunters in the, in the formerly known as Neverland Ranch? Right. I'd the, watch that the, episode. The bloke who owns the penguins going... Oh my God, you know what it took to get the scent of rape out of the wall? Wait, what's going to be a real scary movie is when this guy who's like, you know, I'm sure a completely normal, upstanding citizen, once he goes into the house and the spirits take over him, what does he do to children next? You know, it's something in the house, clearly. <laughs> oh, uh, before we go today as well... Um, I did want to uh, pay a little tribute to uh, Lemmy from Motorhead, who left us uh, five years ago today. Um, don't be sad. I mean, the man got to 70. I don't think he expected to get to 40, given his <laughs> lifestyle. It was a uh, tremendous achievement. I uh, posted a, a photo of him um, serving up a, 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 a bottle of Jack Daniels on a tray as if he was going to give you food. But, of course, Lemmy didn't eat because uh, his <laughs> diet was pretty much exclusively Jack Daniels and amphetamine. So right. he tended, tended not to get hungry for solid food with, with, that, <laughs> uh, with that kind of diet. So I posted a thing on my social media earlier today that said, uh, Lemmy left us five years ago today. Have a drink. It's what he would have wanted. Um, Kevin replied to that saying, can I do a load of drugs instead? <laughs> it's what he would have wanted. <laughs> I did. Uh, have we mentioned this on the podcast before? There was one time in the when I first got to know him when I was doing um, uh, metal shows on the radio in the UK. You used to have to take um, DAT machines to do interviews, right? Before you could just do everything on your phone. Right. And um, so uh, I went to do an interview at the hotel that was a fun my interviews with Lemmy they used to put me in as the last one of the day so you'd go there get the interview and then just like hang out for the till the next day or the day after like whatever <laughs> for the next six weeks whatever yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so whenever he got kicked out of the hotel and um 
And about uh, yeah, six weeks later, I took the DAT into the guy that used to do all the production and like piece together interviews and stuff like that at the uh, at the radio station, forgetting about the the interview. And uh, he comes to find me and he goes, um, "What was going on at the start?" And uh, I said, well, I, I, don't, I don't remember. What, what do you mean? He's like, come and listen to this. And then like, I've obviously set the that recording. And then off mic, you can just hear Lemmy going. You want some of this? <laughs> oh, tastes like medicine. <laughs> it is medicine. <laughs> <laughs> so what he was like, oh my God. This shit tastes so good. Oh, wait, that's Advil PM. <laughs> I am about to get so drowsy. <laughs> I've got to take some Advil. I haven't slept in six months. <laughs> uh, Jimmy from Philly uh, replied to the, the post that I, uh, the, the picture that I posted as well and said that uh, the first time he went to LA, he went to the Rainbow and saw Lemmy at the bar and uh, said hello to him. And a week later, he went back to Philly and told all of his uh, elder rock musician friends that he saw Lemmy at the Rainbow. And their reaction was, he was always at the Rainbow. Jimmy from Philly, forget those elder rock friends in Philly. They were just jealous because they were always in Philly. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, if, uh, if you run into Lemmy, it doesn't matter where it is. That's a... That's an iconic moment for your life. That's just another day in his, you yeah, know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like that they uh, used to have a seat at the Rainbow where he'd sit at the corner of the bar and play on one of the games machines in the corner as well. Um, and they basically reserve that as Lemmy's seat so no one else can um, can sit in it. So he's got a seat reserved in the corner of the, the outdoors bar. And then they put up a statue to him. So he is actually always in the Rainbow. Wow. I mean, he always now, was in the rainbow, but... Now he's there then, for eternity. Yeah, literally. Was that seat near... Like, how close was it to the seat where you saw Ron Jeremy face down in the pizza? And were they ever there at the same time? Oh, yeah, they were definitely there at the same time. When I saw Ron Jeremy face down in the pizza, though, it was indoors. Lemmy hardly ever went indoors because you couldn't smoke in there. Ah. You know. I mean, he's, he, he's three food groups, Marlborough Reds, Amphetamine, and Jack Daniels. <laughs> Breakfast of Champions exactly. right there. <laughs> he was very angry if he couldn't have one of them, you know, at, at, at his convenience. So what, does he like, did he look at Keith Richards and would just like scoff, being like, what a pussy? Yeah, well, no, I think there was a sort of, um, there was a sort of mutual respect. Although I always felt that... Um, Lemmy was more kind of the real deal because, I mean, he did all right, but it wasn't like he was super wealthy. Right. Um, whereas Keith Richards is surrounded by staff and um, people to do stuff and, you know, living in some sort of palatial residence with a model wife because he married Patty Hanson and is living in, um, you know, Connecticut. Right. Um, Lemmy put on his, you know, cowboy boots one boot at a time and uh, walked up to the rainbow, you know. Right. And it's just, uh, I, so yeah, I, I felt like, no, I think there's probably uh, mutual respect for uh, the sort of staying alive, but I feel like Keith <laughs> Richards has a lot more people around him to assist he's staying alive. Yeah. You know. Lemmy was, Lemmy, just, Lemmy, he was just doing drugs. Lemmy <laughs> had to remember where he'd hidden the drugs to do them. Keith Richards right. has probably got people to do that for him. Right. You know? Keith Richards has a team. Ozzy has Sharon. Lemmy was just lemmying out. 
Well, I remember going to his house one time and he opened the door in these bright green underpants, right? As one does. Uh, yeah, and uh, said, oh, I've just got up. And I said, well, you told me to come around the room. Yeah, 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 I know. So he trundled off into the bedroom and then came back into the front room, still in the green underpants, and said, have you seen where my trousers are? <laughs> now, but my point being, Keith Richards would have had a member of staff to find his trousers right. for him. Not only that, Keith Richards would have just been like, I'm not wearing fucking pants. <laughs> right, yeah, maybe. In fact, I do think maybe Lemmy invited me around that day. Oh, if I get, it's probably another set of younger eyes will make it easier for me to find my pants. <laughs> I can't see, I'm 60, I can't see where the fuck I'm looking. If I invite my friend Ian around, I've got more chance of finding those skin tight jeans I've got. Oh, there's my pants off you go (laughs) (laughs) yeah so anyway that was an effective tribute to lemmy on the fifth anniversary of his death i think that's exactly how he'd like to be remembered right absolutely (laughs) uh we are at digiumerica.com if you want to reach out and get in touch with the show um uh, you can talk to us there. You can leave us a message if you want to uh, type us a message. You can. If you want to be on the show, just click be on the show. And um, you can do exactly that. Digiumerica.com. If you hit be on the show and then talk at your listening device, it will enable you to leave us a message. And then we can have your uh, dulcet tones on the show, which would be a lovely thing. Uh, don't forget, T-shirts are still available at the website as well. Digiumerica.com. Uh, we're just doing one a week at the moment because uh, it's New Year coming up, but we'll be back if you listen in anything approaching real time next Monday, as in the first Monday of the year. That's like January 4th, Sure. We've never been the best with numbers. That's true. Uh, but from next week, we'll be back to the normal uh, two a week on Monday and Thursday. Thank you for hanging out with this one.